Welcome to today's Careers and Cocktails. We have the lovely Chris Bentley with us today. So Hello. thank you very much for joining us. No worries. I, but look, you've, you've got me with a gin cloyable cocktail. I have in. indeed. I have indeed. And that is my first question is what's your favourite cocktail? Well, taking a gin cloyable to one side, um, I like a dark and stormy. What's so that? So that's uh, ginger beer with rum on top and a squeeze oh, of okay. lime. I haven't um, tried that. I've only recently just started to drink rum, so... Right, okay. Oh, no, we, we, everyone had the... What was it? Gin had the renaissance, but rum's come back strong. Yes. And the great thing with rum, like honey, it never goes off. No. So you can keep your rum forever and then just use it as and when you like. Would it, would it last forever, though? No, it doesn't, <laughs> but I use that as a reason to buy loads and loads. So I've always buy... got lots of rum in stock at I, home. I made the mistake of buying a cherry-flavoured rum yeah. to have with my Coke. Right. Realising I could have just put cherry, cherry coke, coke with oh, normal was it, rum. Was that the old, because old Jay do all different flavoured rums and they do a pineapple rum and oh. they have it with um, ting sours and it's unbelievable. Oh, is it? Oh my god, well, we, 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 they, they, they won the sponsors at Albion, how about this for a plug straight away? And they brought their mixologist in that showed us all the different ways you can make the cocktails. Oh, okay. Oh, mate, it's like mother's milk. You don't even realise you're drinking booze. Oh, no, and then that, that's, when it, yeah, that's when it's bad. the best day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe that's what we need to get in next time we do the, the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so Chris, tell us a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I think I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Plymouth Albion today. So I'm the commercial director at Plymouth Albion Rugby Club. Okay. Which is my mission from the rugby gods. Um, my, my history's 40 miles up the road. So I played for Exeter Chiefs for seven seasons, then I joined the commercial team there, did another six. Um, and I, I like to think I sort of know rugby. I played rugby since I was 11. Okay. I'm now 43. Uh, and I've been involved in the game pretty much all of my life. And my big memories of, as a player against Plymouth have been playing against them. Right. So I played for a club called Oral for six seasons. And Plymouth and, ourselves, and Oral both went up through the leagues together, so we had some really good set two at Beacon Park okay. and then when I moved to Exeter the only game we weren't allowed to lose with Exeter was against Plymouth right. the only game we used to consistently lose <laughs> yeah. was against Plymouth always away and um, a cracking adversary and I came down just over three years ago now to host a game and saw the club had sort of fallen on, 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 on some tougher times and said let me come and get involved um, so I've been, I've been with the club for three years now and we've developed the four-year vision for the club leading into our 150th anniversary. Okay. And I'm, I'm, we're really driving hard. I'm not a Republican. I don't believe in Donald <laughs> Trump. But we're making Albion great again. Okay. That's okay. the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. It sounds like a good plan as well. Yes. And exciting. Okay. So what did you want to be when you were a little boy? Um, well, I always wanted to play rugby. Okay. And I said to my career team, I remember Mr. Roberts, I wanted to be a rugby player. Um, but I, I, very much, the, have you seen the, 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 the image of John Lennon? And his teacher says, John Lennon, what do you want to be when you grow up? He's yes. going to be happy. And the teacher says, that you've got it wrong. And John says, you've got it wrong. The teacher, I've always wanted to be happy. Yeah. Um, and when I, was, when I was at school, it was Mr. Robinson, a careers teacher. And I said, you know, I want to play rugby, but I don't know what else I want to do. But I'd like to be educated. And Mr. Robinson said, well, Chris, the, the best thing for you to do is do a degree in philosophy because 50% of philosophy graduates go to non-specific graduate employment. Right. So I did a philosophy degree okay. because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to have half a brain, yeah. bit of critical thought. And then very fortunately, while I was um, studying for my degree, rugby were professional. Okay. So on retiring, oh, well, on graduating from university, I signed professional terms. Played okay. rugby for 13 years. Okay, so that so was... So I'm now, as I say, I'm now 43. I, I want to be happy. Yeah. Um, and I find that being involved in sport gives me a great amount of fulfilment and, and enjoyment. 
even if it can be frustrating at times. Um, so, so that's pretty much what I wanted to be where I'm at. Okay. Well, I can tell by your passion of what, <laughs> what it is, but what are the actual best bits about your job? Well, I think I've been involved in professional sport now since, well, 20 years pretty much. And people don't pay to watch accountants account. And yeah. They don't pay to watch bankers bank but they pay to watch sportsmen play sports. So, so we're involved in something that people enjoy spectating and being a part of and, and they feel happy to critique. And so I think that it, it is it's that I'm passionate about it. It's something, it's a, yeah. a Confucius wisdom, find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your That's, life. It so, is so very I, true. I don't do a huge amount of work. I just enjoy what I'm involved in. And and I'm on the commercial side of sales, so I want to get people to sponsor, to come and watch the games, to be, to be engaged in any capacity where there's, there's a revenue exchange. Um, and, and if you're really passionate and enjoy it, that seems to fire it. Because yeah. the truth of the matter is, if you want to get a return on investment, sport is not the best vessel. Um, however, if you want to have some enjoyment, you want to bang your chest, you want to get the fire in your belly, yeah. then being involved with sport is ace. It's and, a whole and, different type oh, of... And the conversation I always yeah. have is if you give me a pound, I'll get you two pound back. Now, yeah. you can do some search engine optimization or you <laughs> yeah. know, your keywords or you, you can do other bits and bobs that will probably get you a better return on investment, but will you have as much fun doing it? Yeah. I'd say no. No, no, you're definitely not. And that is the big thing is the passion and, and the fun side of things. Oh, God, yeah. Because otherwise you're stuck in the, the nine till five. Yeah. With sport, race, sport, sport is close to hospitality. Yeah. You're not nine to five. You yeah. work until the job is done. Yeah. And, you know, we're working every weekend. And then on a Sunday, I've got to get up and write a match report. And so it, it's an all encompassing sort of thing. It's your life. Yeah. But then when you look at the state of my face, you understand why. Yeah. I'm a rugby player, aren't I? Well, the, at the moment, I've got my moustache and a lot of the world's best Ned Flanders impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what or who inspires you and motivates you? Oh, good question. Uh, loads of people inspire me. Okay. Um, I, I take inspiration from all sorts. You know, I mentioned John Lennon already. Um, I'm from a rugby playing family. So my uncle and my father both played rugby to a very high standard. Yeah. And my genetics, I'm six foot six and I'm just shy of 20 stone, uh, meant that I was always going to play rugby. Yeah. Um, so, so inspiration came from my family predominantly. But I take it more thoughts. I just walked in and I saw Mark Ulmrod and, and yeah. I saw him speak at an event recently and I was like, can I swear? Yes, I was like, yourself, fucking hell, he's a guy. And, it, and his story, you know, they, they looked at him and said, well, he's dead, we'll, we'll help his mate. And then yeah. he actually lived. Well, there's some inspiration there. There's um, lots. And t t t taking, uh, I did a philosophy degree. So I was inspired by the, the Stoics. Okay. And and then not just the Stoics, but Epicureanism. So a bloke called Epicurus. Um, I, I pronounced that wrong, but I'm, I can't help myself. Uh, limit your aspirations, your pleasures are maximised. So I take huge amounts of pleasure from very simple things. Yeah. And, and, and my inspiration can come from all sorts. This morning I was walking around the block as the sun was rising, and there was a woodpecker, and, and I could have sworn he was following me around the block. Oh, and he was lovely. And then I got to work this morning, and there was a jay. And I, said, I rang my wife and I said, a jay is like a magpie wearing a jacket. <laughs> yeah. like wearing a warm jacket because he's got the magpie's yeah. tail. And I was like, isn't that lovely? And I just took a moment and it's these simple things that can inspire me. So, so there's, 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 there's some humans with some magnificent endeavour that you take inspiration from. There's family you take inspiration from, but also just simple things in nature. So yes. everything. No, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm like that fast show. Isn't life brilliant? <laughs> it's amazing, it's amazing. 
this gin ployable cocktail. Maybe <laughs> have a little sip and I'm I was going to say, so maybe it's the gin ployable sort of cocktail. Everyone but... drinking gin ployable, there, eh? <laughs> yeah. We should sell them next. Mm. Maybe that's what we should do. Okay, so with everything that's happened in your life, yeah. do you have any regrets? Um, the only regret that I carry is play rugby professionally and the club I was at, Oral, was, I, you go up through the levels, so I started a club called Colby, moved to a club called New Brighton, which is the National Leagues, from New Brighton went to Oral, which was Allied Dunbar Premiership 2, okay. as a 19 year old, and that was going to be my club, got bought by Wigan Rugby League, and we went mega pro, and um, the owner decided he didn't have the, 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 the enjoyment in it, Dave Whelan, JJB Sports, right. and he pulled all his money out, every player left. And I ended up, I, I bounced around and found myself in Biarritz in France. Went to Biarritz in France and they were a European uh, quarter-finalist team, uh, about 12 French internationals. And I was this kid from Wigan Spirit like this. And I was like, well, this is lovely. And I'm totally fish out of water. Yeah. And I failed. Okay. And I played one first team game, had another game on the bench. Had six months of the best experience in France, but I failed. And... I never went back and exercised that demon. So my, my, my one my one regret is that when I went over to France and it didn't work out for me, and I wasn't able to go back. And, yeah. and, and there's, there's, a, there's a carry on with this because when I was, just before, I, I sat my finals, my final exams from, for my degree in New Zealand. Um, I had an opportunity to go and play in New Zealand. I did my finals and I've been picked for the Wellington under 21s team. Okay. Playing for Wellington under 21s, there's, there's Wellington, Manawatu, Auckland and Canterbury are the four big provinces for youngsters. Right. And I was in the Wellington under 21s. And I was second row with um, Craig Hammond, who now coaches Nottingham Rugby Club. Ross Filippo went on to be an All Black, was on the bench behind me. Tim okay. Fairbrother was an All Black, was my prop. Right. Rodney Suriano was an All Black, was number eight. We had a mega team. I got homesick and went home. Okay. Fast forward um, eight years later, and I had an opportunity to go back to New Zealand and play for a team called Tasman. And I went back to New Zealand, had two years professional in New Zealand, exercised the demon. So I felt good about that. Yeah. I got homesick and got home, but got over myself. But this thing in France, even now, it's, what is it, I was 24, so it was nearly 19 no, years no. ago. Yes. And it still rankles that I didn't succeed. I, Just didn't. I, didn't, I didn't succeed in my time over there. Yeah. Uh, but you tried. Oh, God, yeah, you of course tried, I did. Tried, as hard as I could. So. Um, and, then, and then when I realised I wasn't going to succeed, I, I really enjoyed the boulangerie. I, I, put, I put on, I went over there. At 116 kilos and came back at 132. <laughs> Put a lot of weight. Yes. yes. I was living full board in a hotel. So oh, then, crack on. yeah. Perfect, perfect time then. Yeah. So just enjoy. <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in their career or maybe transitioning out of one career into another career? Um, uh, take advice from people that have trod the path before you. I think absolutely categorically. I think I'm, I'm, I'm there's, there's employable works a lot with the guys in the forces. I'm rugby union, and, and I've had a in the forces you, you win or you die. In rugby you win or you lose. But yeah. there, there are similarities. There are crossovers. And transitions tough. And I went. Uh, it happened to me now ten years ago. I went from Chris the rugby player that I identified as for twenty two years. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I was Chris the rugby player, and I suddenly became Chris. And that was a really difficult thing. And there was a chap that I played with him in France, albeit Mark Stabina, who's now like a lifestyle guru in, in, in America. Crazy, yeah. he's an Australian kid. Okay. You're like, hey, mate. I, I, I can't <laughs> even do the voice now. But 
but he's like got shiny teeth. He's yeah. So I rang up Stubby. I was like, mate, you know, how'd you get through this? And, and, and he explained to me, it is like a bereavement. And and then John Amici, uh, the the basketball player, the, the, the great British basketball player, he's a bit of a thought leader. He said, grief is sort of like a box, and there's a button in the box, and there's a ball in the box, and the ball starts off very big, it rolls around, it's always hitting the button, so you're yeah. always feeling that grief and that difficulty, but as, as time goes, the ball shrinks, so it doesn't hit the button as often, and transition, when you go from one state to another, is difficult, you've got yeah. your arms folded at the moment, Sorry. fold your arms the other way, that's weird, it's changed, it's yes, uncomfortable, yeah. it doesn't feel right, and so so that that's the difficult aspect of it, and what you've got to do is just allow a passage of time when you're transitioning and moving through, and, and suddenly that change can become comfortable, yeah. you, you can understand this, yeah. you, but you don't know that yourself because you're experiencing it. So when you speak to people who have trod that path before, it can be softened and, and that, that ball of grief can shrink a lot faster so you can move through quicker. No, that is a very, very good analogy because yeah. I've never looked at it like that. Like so I, I've come from a different and mine's probably the same. I've become from Sarah, who's marketing and career, yeah. to Sarah, a full-time mom, yeah. to now being come Sarah again. And yes. it's hard. And I originally thought, oh, I want to get back to Sarah pre-children yeah. but that Sarah's long gone well, got, you, you got the, everything changes and everything's kids. gone and I, I was fighting so hard to get back to that Sarah yeah. that it's taken me a while to realise actually oh, it, that Sarah doesn't exist anymore I used to be front of the tank I used to be up till whatever time now the kids it's like if, if I can't get my mischief done by 11 o'clock it's no, not worth it because no, no. my boy's going to come running and jump on my head at 6 in the morning irrespective yeah, and, yeah. and you don't want to be like Ugh. No, no, I know. It's one of those, <laughs> your whole life's just completely, although mine are teenagers now, right. it's, still, it's still hard. And there's so many transitions that even out of careers that you go through personally in yeah. yourself that you can relate to careers as well. But yeah, but yeah it's, I've never heard the analogy of the ball, but I do like that because it, it is true. And then you yeah. think about it logically, as a ball or a rock rolls around, yeah. it will naturally get yeah. smaller because of the yeah. amount of knocks and exactly. everything that it has. Well, so, but, but I think the thing is... The feeling is the same, it just doesn't happen as often. Yeah. So you, at first, you're waking up every day and you're totally lost. You're like, oh, fuck, what's going on? Yeah. And and, and now I'm I'm 10 years out of pro rugby, and even every now and then I'm like, I'll have a little... A little, little wobble. Or yeah, or, I might call them wobbles. I'll oh, have a little wobble. Well, the lads from Exeter Chiefs at the moment, Ollie Woodburn, did a, a post about the weekend they just had in France. And I said, I wish I was a better rugby player, and I wish I was younger, because I'd love you to be my teammate. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, there was, there was that, that that feeling in that moment. Now, yeah. now I'm fine, but it, but when I was watching his video, I was like, just oh, like, man. oh. I remember all the times I used to have them at ace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but that, it's rose-tinted glasses. You look back on it, and 50% of your memories aren't true anyway. So. Yes. Yeah. No, no. I, I definitely wasn't probably happy when I was younger, but yeah. I feel like I was. But yeah. it's one of those. Okay, so... Um, what is one thing that people are surprised to find out about you? I'm guessing it's not the rugby because... Um, I, th I don't know. Possibly I'm a bit autistic. Okay. Because um, I'm, I'm, things have got to be just so with me at times. Right. Um, and, then, and then perhaps I'm actually relatively well read because I present as a bit of a jester. And okay. I like to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm always being frivolous and stupid. But actually if, if we burn the midnight oil and start having a proper chat... Uh, I call myself the submarine because I go deep fast. Right, okay. I start delving into, into <laughs> some, really, uh, some really difficult topics and subjects. And I'm, I'm, so it's I'm, a com 
polar opposite then. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, being all light and spurious, and I'm, I'm usually the front man, so I'm on stage on the yeah. microphone, but actually, I quite like the deeper meaningfuls. And okay. My, my dad always had a thing when we were kids if the meaning of life is to discover the meaning of life, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> okay. So I like to dig into that and see yeah. what, where, people, where people get their meaning, where they get their motivations, what really matters to them. Yeah. Um, and I like to share my own mantras and bits and bobs, and, and I'm, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But I'm relatively well read. Okay. You know, I've, I've dropped in yeah. John Lennon, John Amici, Billy Mark on Rod. There's all sorts of different people that I take bits from, stick it together, and, and go, adapt well, this, to yourself. This is quite a nice way yeah. to be. I'm quite happy yeah. with where I'm at. And 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 the more I'm living life, the more I realise, well, we're all going to die. But but within the lifetime, within the life experience of having, I think I'm doing quite well. Yeah. So I'm quite happy. Yeah, that's the main thing. It is the main thing is finding yeah. finding a passion, something that you're happy about, and, and yeah. carrying on from that. So, okay, so we're going to change it ever so slightly. Yeah. So, if you were to live on a desert island, mm -hmm. what's the one thing, one thing that you would take with you? Why? Uh, assuming I can't have like my kids and my wife, because um, they'd obviously be first choice. Yeah. Um, I have music. Music. I like music. Um, my Spotify unwrapped came out the other day, and, and like I, I went from Nine Inch Nails to Kylie Minogue in the top five. Oh, yeah, so mine's... everything. I, I've got a real eclectic palette for music. Mine, mine's the same apart from rock music. Yeah. So one thing I can't stand is rock right. music, but mine's everything from I can do soft rock yeah. to classical yeah. to Disney yeah. to pop to seventies. Uh, I can't to a musical, and I'm, yeah. I'm, my wife hates musicals. But I like Elaine Page on Radio 2 on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, so I was brought up with Page on Sunday. I was brought up with Doris Day as well. Oh, like, so got go. Doris Day and yeah. Tina Turner's yeah. and Supremes. Yeah, yes. my, my brother was, he liked Marilyn Manson before he became famous. His first album was Portrait of an American Family. This is the autism. I remember just yeah. stupid facts. I remember them. And uh, I, I listened to that ad infinitum and I didn't really like him. But then he got into Nine Inch Nails. And I quite like that. I saw them live at the Eden Project recently. Oh, did you? That was ace. And that was one of my first live gigs for about 20 years because I used to go to lots of live music as a kid. And I realised live music, for mine, ain't as good as recorded music. Yeah. I don't know, um, my best, best gig I ever saw was Pulp. Jarvis Cocker was right. the best frontman of all time. Okay. Couldn't believe, you, you see Pulp, you're like, what a bag of shit. But then Jarvis Cocker was singing Common People and I just lost my head. Yeah. It's the, um, the atmosphere oh, as well, isn't it? Unreal. It is. The energy that he brought. And then I saw Prodigy at Reading Festival. They were pretty cool. But most live music's crap. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is not very good. No, no, um, I agree. So, so music, I would take music with me, hands music, down. Music, so on. And, and, and it's so good to, to amplify a mood. Definitely. If, if you're having a bad, if you're having a bad day, you can have something. You can really go under. You put some. You can sing, belt it out. That's oh. why I normally shove it in the car and just sing yeah. as loud as I possibly can. Exactly. And and, and you know, I would say thirty percent of my days, I'll bounce around the house. Good morning, good morning. Sunlight will be <laughs> yeah. through you. I do that, but my children would moan because everybody, everybody says I am tone deaf. I I think I actually sound very good. I do but too. everybody will tell me I'm toned down. So do you get? Do your kids still roll their um the, the end of their sentence at the moment? It's like dad, everything gets uh, at the end. No, I don't even get. I just get grunts now because oh, okay. they're teenagers, so right, it's okay. just just a grunt now. Yeah. So, so you're you're in the what is it? Children, I've been told there's three stages. There is physically difficult because you can't sleep and they just want to batter your body yeah. and it's very difficult. Then it's emotionally difficult as they're going through. Like you say, the, 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 puberty don't, and... don't you tell me what to do. I my, know best. My daughter's just slamming. I wish I was as intelligent as my daughter. <laughs> no, she know. knows everything. She's 11 years old. She's, Dad, can you help me with maths? I was like, yeah, here we go. 
Oh, you can't help me. I know no. this. Oh, why did you ask for help then? And then they become financially difficult because they want cars and holidays. Well, mine are kind of crossing over now. Although they're the young teenagers, yeah. they they know everything and they're that difficult. Yeah. But now they're financially. They want they, they the want the iPhone and. It's Christmas was gone from the bag of toys yeah. to oh my god I've just spent five hundred pounds and you've got nothing because I bought two t-shirts <laughs> a pair of, pair of trainers Air, and that's have, it. They got like the Nike Air Max, aren't that's they? That's the like, one. Oh, it's just oh, like oh. can I have a pair of trainers now, yeah. Mum? I was like yeah yeah forty five pound and yeah. like no put a hundred yeah. in front of that. Yeah, sport, I'll take you Sports Direct. I'll get you yeah. the, new, um, the new Lonsdale ones. Like no, it has to be. Yeah, it definitely doesn't work anymore. So I kind of have you discovered Vince? No, not yet. My son's my son's kind of unless it comes from JD Sports, he's not oh, willing to you, even look at anything. Look at Vinted and just put your search parameters to new without tags. Right. I'm telling you, I my, will have to. My, 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 my because my kids are my genetics, so they they, they fucking grow. Jesus yeah. wept. My boy, you're buying clothes, and like two days later, he's like Harvey Halfmaster. So I'm constantly buying him clothes. Vinted. Set your search parameters. Find clothes that fit. Ace. Oh, I'll have to look. My my son Triple did. G. My G. son did the whole. Um, he wanted the the Nike whatever they were, which hundred and eighty five pound. Right. So when he was a size six, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You can have those. It's yeah. like, mum, why did you only buy them me when I was a size six? I was like, because when you've outgrown them, I'll wear. I'll wear those. It's like you won't buy them anymore. It's like, well, yeah. your shoes don't fit me anymore. So. Yeah, well, my, my daughter's eleven, and I've just started noticing clothes go missing because she. Um, she has me kit off and um, wears it. So she's, right. she's constantly, she's like Billie Eilish. She likes okay. all the baggy clothes. Yes, that's what my daughter started yeah. to, to go so into. Everything and... but, but with a double XL dad, she's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where's my hoodie gone? Beatrice comes marching in. I'm like, oh, oh, it's it's gone now, it's yeah. gone now. Okay, so, um, where are we now? If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, yeah. what would you say to the world? Well, um, uh, <laughs> I think... Oh God, I've got to be, I've got to watch what I'm saying here. Um, I think I'd be like I'd be like John Lennon, give peace a chance. Yeah. I, th I think the issue is it's, it's it's the human condition is we all want a bit more, and I think if we can try, if we can try and take a lesson from the Stoics, just just want for a little bit less, be a little bit more grateful for what you've got. You know, I was speaking to my dad this morning. The gift is life. Yeah. Just be happy that you woke up this morning. You know, that a lot of people haven't, and, and be grateful that you can. You can appreciate the world around you. You've, you've got your senses and bits and bobs, and, and at the moment we're getting it squiff. We've got the wrong idols. We've got the wrong ideals. People yeah. are driving for the wrong things. Definitely. Um, and I think if we could all have a little bit more humility across the board, it'd be a better world. Yeah. How about that? It would. It'd be a happier place. Yeah. Happier place. And we have one very last important question. Yeah. If what you could have one? any superpower, what would it be? Oh, mate. Um, well, my, my hero when I was a kid was the Incredible Hulk. I probably want to be super strong. Okay. Um, how about you? Where would you want to be? Because you, you've asked this question. I times. have asked you've this had, question. On, you've had some thoughts and, about this. And the one question that um, Jade actually answered was the fact that she was be able to eat anything and not burn any weight. Oh, I like that. And I was just like... Really... Is that a superpower, though? Well, so it's, it's a power because you wouldn't be printing on any yeah, weight. Not, you could, right, DC Comics are not going to do. No, I the know. The amazing woman that eats everything but puts on no weight. But how many women and men would actually like, oh, oh, I really it. want that power. Yeah, we discussed it beforehand. I love chocolate. Yeah. My life revolves around when I can eat chocolate. But on the flip, 
it's not a superpower. So no, say, no. See, I'd probably be torn between the whole transportation because of getting yeah. to and from places yeah, and sitting like, in traffic. I'd call that to fly. Go on, I'm, I'm going to retract the Hulk. And I'm so you're going to take the strength away and you're going to do I'm gonna fly. I'm going to take the strength away and I'm going to fly. Although technically, I could be like the Hulk because he used to bound. Because I'm going with like um, yeah, he, the, cop, the, 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 the the cartoon of the Hulk. He used to do like massive bounces. Well, he did in the Avengers too, didn't he? Because yeah. he went from building to building. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, 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 I think I'm going to have Hulk. I'm going to be the Hulk. We could be a flying Hulk. And, and it fits in. I've just had my Hulk juice. That's it. It could be a, a flying Hulk with gin juice. Yeah, exactly. G so, so whenever I have a gin employable, I just bounce around. That's the one. But I want to maintain my verbosity. Okay. Because Hulk goes sort of like monosyllabic <laughs> does. Does. I don't want to lose the ability to communicate but then there's She-Hulk as well I don't know if you've seen She-Hulk she's cool she is oh, having a daughter has changed my whole perspective on the universe yeah because suddenly you realise the value of role modelling and as a boy it was like it was all these superheroes for boys and there was Nothing. not much for girls no. was now but Beatrice she watches She-Hulk Exeter Chiefs have got the women's team that's doing really well. I'm quite good friends with Sarah Cox, the referee. Right. So she comes around and drops a load of kit in for my daughter. And, and I'm seeing the value of role modelling like you wouldn't Definitely. And, and it's important. It is important. It is. But, and, and, but you won't have that perspective until you've been in those shoes. And, yeah. then, you, shit, and then you become an ally. Right, I'm there for your yeah. sister. Girl power. Yeah, girl power. You going, yeah. yeah. And so. that's it. No, that's great. Okay, cool. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, yeah. Thank Sante. you. For well, the interview. Well, yeah.